At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Is that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, No, Jerry. It's over. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. As always, I'm joined by a guy who, unlike Greg Roman, knows how to make adjustments, the button lover, Josh Roca. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? Good. I got some new buttons. It doesn't do much good, but I got some buttons here that now let me mess with the video stuff. Oh, so nice. I can do like stuff like, like that. Oh, I thought maybe you had some manager hide buttons or... No, I can do... I got some video buttons, buttons now, so I can do that. Nothing right. fancy. No, I uh, I will try to bring back some manager hide video uh, buttons and stuff like that. They're a little hard to do the way we do the podcast now remotely, so i got to figure out the best way to handle that, that it doesn't disrupt our conversation. Right. But this is the type of team that is uh, due for some buttons to come back, I think. Mm. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm glad we're doing this thing on Monday. Well, I'm glad that the Ravens actually played on Thursday. So I had a few days to kind of settle down over what was kind of a bizarre and embarrassing loss. Isn't it? Dolphins. I'm glad this is not fresh in my mind. I've kind of gotten over it by this point. Isn't football weird this year? How pretty much every good team has just a ridiculously embarrassing loss. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, true. I mean, I mean that the week before the Ravens, we saw a couple of them, right? Where, yeah. Um, the Broncos, who re-solidified themselves as just a terrible football team this week, you know, beating up on the Broncos. We talked about the Bills losing to the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, Cowboys I mean, got shut out. I yeah, mean, yeah. The, and even this weekend, the Bucks lost to the uh, Washington football team. Yeah, it's true, Josh. I think it's the first time you ever referred to that team as the Washington football team. <laughs> it might be. It might be. I caught myself. Yeah. Way to Which, go on your all right. Help me out with this. The photo that's going around virally among Washington fans. Okay, I haven't seen it. So, all right. Okay. It's a photo of Taylor Heineke standing next to someone at the game holding a sign that says, we don't need Tom Brady. We have Taylor Heineke. <laughs> 
Right. All right. Stupid poster, whatever. Yeah. All right. Here's my problem. The picture shows the guys in the stands holding the poster board with Taylor Heineke standing on the, uh, on the field. Next to him on the field, you know how they have the big walls where they put their advertising and stuff? Mm-hmm. Is a giant Redskin logo. Huh. So I can't figure out why that logo is still there. Like the word Redskin is on no, there? No, no, no. Like the, like the Indian side profile oh. graphic oh, yeah. logo. That they had for years. So I'm not sure, like, does the Washington football team still have that logo up all throughout the stadium, which seems odd, or am I being spoofed and this is just a Photoshop going around the country? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would have put it past Dan Snyder to change his name, but then not go through and do all the stuff like changing the decals in the stadium. I want to put it past Dan Snyder to do that. Um, But that would be... Um, for Dan Snyder, lack of adjustments. Right. That's something that, again, Greg Roman has in common with Dan Snyder, where when you're faced with something to do that's obvious, you don't make the adjustment. You just mm-hmm. keep on doing what you did before, even if you know it's wrong. So, If, if the yeah. Ravens were still playing today, if it was like an extended game that just went over and overtime and overtime, and there was, and there was no tie... If we played by not Najee Harris's rules for the Steelers, who wasn't a, who was not aware of the fact that there were ties in the NFL, and if we were just keep kept on playing the game, and we were still playing tonight, I think the Dolphins would continue to line up in that zero blitz uh, front line defensive lineup, and Greg Roman will continue to either try to throw screens to Marquise Brown or do the same stuff he was doing without mixing it up at all. So. Um, I think Raven fans were right to be annoyed by Greg Roman. Yeah. It's it's weird, right, because Greg Roman did kind of redefine this offense, led the best Russian offense attack football has ever seen a couple of years ago. Um, and he does a lot of so many great things with how he uses Lamar and um, the running game. Yet it's also fair to say the guy needs to make better adjustments. I think both those things are fair. I'm not saying fire Greg Roman. I'm not saying he's the worst thing that ever happened to football. But I'm, I am saying that was frustrating, our lack of adjustments on Thursday night. I was definitely frustrating. Um, and it's frustrating. <laughs> the defense is frustrating as well. And how many holes we have in this backfield. Uh, the defense played fine. I have no idea. Um, but it is frustrating. And I think the Ravens have gotten away with this whole, we suck, we suck, we suck. Oh, the fourth quarter, we take the lead and win the game. Yeah, I thought that was going to happen again. And, yeah, so did I. I think everyone expected it because that's been what the Ravens have done this year. And uh, the lack of adjustments and the lack of running the game, running the ball, normally at least you run the ball so by the fourth quarter you've worn them down. Yeah. And they didn't do that. I was okay with them passing the ball every time because the running was doing nothing. So I was okay with them. But the passing plays weren't doing much either. Well, the passing plays. A lot of screens. Even the announcers were calling, like, the middle of the field's open. Why aren't the Ravens yeah. going in the middle of the field? And there was that one nice slant over the middle to Bateman, which he made a great catch on. And, like, why they didn't do more stuff over the field, over the middle of the field that was open, I have no idea. Yeah. No, it was but. frustrating. Um, and frustrating that it's on Thursday night football. Frustrating that it's the Miami Dolphins. I got a lot of coworkers down here that if you're not a Bucks fan, you're a Dolphins fan. Which hey, and so by the way, I, I see something dumb. I think the Dolphins are better than a lot of people think they are. I think the I, Dolphins I, are better I than the record. They, they won ten games last year, I think. Um, like they're do, decent. 
Do the Dolphins win if Tua doesn't come in? Yeah, I think they do. I think it, was, it wasn't about the offense. It was just so bad. The, de- okay. the defense and the Ravens' offense was so bad. I don't care. I mean, Ryan, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick would have won that game. Uh, Tim Tebow probably would have won that game. Yeah, so I talked trash before that game to coworkers, you know, apologizing in advance for the Lamar Jackson show that you're about yeah. to see. Yeah. Uh, then I got greeted to a whole bunch of text messages after the game. Good, as you should have. And then I got greeted the next day to uh, the crying Jordan meme. Yeah. But with his face on my picture of me oh. in a Ravens jersey. Nice. So, so the coworkers hit me up the next day. Good. The, rightfully so. Because yeah. the Ravens were a complete embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was bad. But then, you know, on the one hand, it doesn't matter. Like, it, like, that game doesn't really matter. Like, this is about being – like, I'd rather that game happen now as opposed to, you know, in the playoffs. Like, this is something that we can learn from. Yep. Um, I'm not even, I really don't even sweat it that much. We're still, I think we're still in first in our division, right? Like we're still even in the first in our division. So. Yeah, because the Steelers tied the yeah. Browns the, loss. Yeah, the Browns got blown out. And the Bengals, the, had, the, and the Bengals, Bengals had the week off, had the bye. Yeah, so, so we're, we're still no, in first. Um, I, had, I mean, you talk about embarrassing Pittsburgh. Embarrassingly lost to the Lions. Can you imagine well, they, a tie. having the Lions a tie. close to you? A tie. Yeah. It's not a loss. They kissed each other after. No, it's a loss. It's not a win. But I, I consider it a loss. I mean, if you look at the, at the column, Josh, if I mean it screws them as it counts. As oh, a it loss totally screws them. them. Yeah. Pretty, 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 pretty much because right. It's, it's it doesn't count as a win. Might as well be a full game. Right. It's, it's going to put them below us. Correct. Yeah. Which no. Is crazy though, because people have talking about the demise of the Steelers for so long. It's crazy that the Steelers are in second. Yeah, well, that's just weird timing. The Steelers are not going to end. The Steelers are going to end this division at the bottom. I don't know if that's true. So, I don't think the Browns are that good, and I don't think the Bengals are that good. Yeah, I don't know. There hasn't been much interleague play yet, which is interesting. NFL's been pushing that to, like, late in the season. Yeah, there's a lot. So, of so we'll see what that happens. Yep. Yeah, but it's going to be, I mean, next week you would think the Bears – I'm not going to say an easy win because you never know anymore. Um, let me put the Bears right there with the Dolphins. And then that's when after that you get interesting because then it gets Browns, Stillers, Browns, then, yeah, Packers, but then, that, then, then Cincinnati. And remember that Brown-Steeler-Brown stretch is weird <coughs> because we have Brown-Steelers-Browns. The Browns have Ravens bye week Ravens. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's weird for the Browns. Yeah. So that second week is going to be really tough. How do you beat the Browns when they play you, see everything, have a bye week to prepare for you again? You have to innovate or something. You have to yeah. bring something different to them that second game. Yeah. Unless that you just... was a tough thing, too, about Thursday night. It's a short week. You're coming off of an intense game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, versus the Vikings? Um, so... That that went into overtime, so right. That, I think that also played into our. You're coming down to Miami. Maybe you're thinking about other things rather than how to beat the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson. Maybe you're thinking about coming home. Excuses, but Lamar Jackson was going to Louisiana uh, to go into um, Louisville to the next weekend. Yeah, his jersey retiring. That was that. You know, it was yeah. Pl- playing in Miami is basically later. coming back home for Lamar Jackson. Oh, and for half the team, they they they, they showed a graphic of how many people are from that around that area in yeah. Florida. 
they so, have the roster. Right. So maybe you're not quite focused on beating the Dolphins. You're supposed to easily beat the Dolphins. Maybe you're not quite focused. Yeah. But as you said, I mean, the, the Washington football team beat the Tampa Bay. Like, yep. this happens every single week. This is why. Yeah, there's always so, a surprise. Like, this Survivor is, pull seems like so easy. Okay, I can pick one I am, game. That I am so make. irritated with my Survivor pool. Because I got down to like 12 guys. Yeah. And I know better. I chose the Ravens. I know never to choose my own team because then they screw me in my bookie, they screw me in person, yeah. and, they, and they screw my fandom, and then they screw my survivor pool. Yeah. I know yeah. better. I know better to the point that Thursday afternoon I looked at it and said I shouldn't take the Ravens, but I kept it at the Ravens and said, no, I'll, I got to get the Ravens out of the way so I'm not tempted to take them ever again. Yeah. I mean, and now they the screwed me the in Ravens my survivor schedule. pool. This seems like the this seemed like the easiest game. Yeah, yeah. As far as the rest of the schedule is concerned. Yeah. That was my thought, and they screwed me. They knocked out like seven guys in my survivor pool, down to five guys, and I'm out. Yeah. Well, I know between that and the Tampa Bay, I'm surprised anyone survived. True. For this You're right. I didn't look to. I should check because <laughs> Tampa Bay would have been another one, another obvious pick. Yep. Um, maybe everyone got knocked out of my survivor pool last week. That would have been nice. Yeah. Let's see. How's my survivor pool doing? There are. The, the rest nope. of the wins. I there are five going. people left. All right. So people five went. People started. 100. Yeah. Survivor pool, 100 crazy. people, $40 buy-in. Winner gets it all. Yeah. So nice win. But, yeah, survivor pools are tough. Yeah. Because the NFL is crazy like this. Yep. Um, yeah, that's fast crazy like this. All right, we got. You want to get to some baseball? Sure. Let's start with the Orioles, then we can get to some uh, more, you know, <laughs> <What>? MLB news. <laughs> the the, the uh, award season for the for the MLB as they stretch it out like every other day. Let's announce another award so that it seems like people are talking about baseball when they really aren't. Oh yeah, I was thinking more about GM meetings and free agent signings. <laughs> okay, um, we can do that. The awards too, but but uh, Cedric Mullins, winner of the Silver Slugger, so that's a really cool honor for Cedric Mullins. Yeah, yeah, and deservedly so. He's had a great season, career season. Yep. So, yeah, Good. congrats, Cedric Mullins. Good for you. The other award news for the Orioles was um, Ryan Mountcastle finished sixth in the All-Star, in the, um, in the Rookie of the Year voting. Josh, what are your thoughts on Ryan Mountcastle finishing sixth? Fine. He got screwed with that April. April, he was complete crap. If he would have played the way he played the rest of the season in April or even – Eat mediocre in April, he would have been in the top three. Six, ten points or whatever, some second place, some third place votes. Uh, fine. Like we talked about before, it's a bigger, much bigger honor to be recognized by your peers rather than the newspaper people. Yeah. I mean, um, Randy Rosarina finished first, which is, you know, not surprising at all. I mean, but, Castle, but that's also because he got in the playoffs. The reporters weigh heavily on teams that get into the playoffs, it seems. Well, and, and Rosarina was – he was announced, I believe, as the Rookie of the Year in last year's postseason because he had a coming out party in last mm-hmm. year's postseason. So he's someone everyone yeah. knew was on the radar. Um, I think it's kind of silly that Ronda Franco only played, you know, less than half a season or played half a season on there. I think it's a little, a little but, silly. He was so high up. But if you get that national coverage, that helps you a lot when reporters are just voting. Yeah. 
because you get reporters across the country voting that haven't seen Ryan Mountcastle play and just yeah. know that the Orioles are bad. That's fair. I mean, it's really an interesting debate, right? Because depending on what numbers you look at, um, from just an average dude looking at um, most hits by a rookie, Ryan Mountcastle, most doubles by a rookie, Ryan Mountcastle was number four. Most home runs by a rookie, Ryan Mountcastle was number one. Uh, Most RBI by a rookie, Ryan Mountcastle was number one. Yeah, but look at some of those stats and you're like, oh, well, clearly he is. The best rookie. Right. But he got a negative D-war. Be fair. Neg- yeah, and, negative so, D-war. And then you look at war, and his war is 1.7, um, which does not put him. I mean, if you look at if you rank top right. rookies by war, he's all the way down at number 18. In fact, his own teammate, Ramon Urias, had a 2-war, a 2-B-war, and Ryan Macos had a 1.7-B-war. And so Ramon Urias, according to just war... Should have been ahead of Ryan Mackhouse on the right. rookie of the year voting. So it's not something just based on war or Ryan Mackhouse wouldn't have been six. So it's still like I think uh, clearly clear the players valued you know those those kind of raw baseball numbers more, and maybe um, the writers valued the maybe some of the the war numbers more. Um, but it's interesting that he was 18th in war yet finished six overall, and he was kind of at the top in, in those kind of major hitting categories that that, that, that we look at. Right. Um, he was lower on OBP. I know that, that that hurt him a lot. He was higher on strikeouts, which, which hurt him a lot. Yep. Um, but I think he's it, those numbers are like you can make an argument, kind of say whatever you want to say. If you love Ryan Mankow, so you point to those most hits, most home runs, most RBI, like that's it. <laughs> um, but if you're – um, if you're coming from the other side, yeah, you talk about war and you talk about, you know. But the other thing that's interesting about him is, I mean, he is, I mean, Wanda Franco is super young. But the rest of the guys are a little bit older. Like, he's he's 24 years old, Ryan Mancastle is. A Rosarina, who, who won it, he's 26. Um, this guy, Garcia, uh, um, Adolis Garcia, who was up there um, ahead of Ryan Mancastle in voting, he's 28 years old. So a lot of yeah. these guys are, I think, a little bit older than Ryan Mancastle too. So it's but that's that's good too. But that's the story. Outside of the award, the story is that Ryan Mountcastle, at 24 years old, has proven himself for this team. That Ryan Mountcastle is a guy who's gonna be part of the Orioles for the next few seasons. And if he can build on this year, he's a pretty special guy that we've got on this team. Yeah, I'm just like pulling up hitters. Rookie hitters this year. Do you know how many rookie hitters there were this year? Uh, what's the minimum requirement? How many at-bats? Well, I don't know. Because, you know, you probably got some guy that made two appearances, three appearances. Does he count as a rookie? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And All right. Uh, 200. They were just here for a day. 200. Yeah. There's 521. Okay. All right. So that's, yeah, that's definitely any appearance. Um, in fact, Bruce Zimmerman. Shows up on the hitting side and the pitching side as a rookie. Okay. Uh, I guess he got some hit. I have a couple of bats in the international in the whatever. But five, five or twenty-one hitters. Um, but some of those are pitchers who just had like a couple of bats. But the to finish six out of five on twenty-one. This you know this kind of reminds me of like with teaching, especially this year. Oh my gosh, Josh, teaching this year. There's never been so much. I've never seen in my life so much grumbling and complaining from teachers. And a lot of it legitimate, like we have been more have been put on our plates this year than in years past. 
Um, there's things that are, you know, not going well in the teaching profession currently. Um, that's out of the teacher's control, but teachers are, are having to deal with it. But, like, there's a lot of grumbling complaining about it. And sometimes I just, I just, you know, just to fit in, I don't really think it. I like my job. I like the students I teach. But sometimes to fit in, I'll just grumble with everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These kids are the worst. And I'll just say it to try to fit in with the other teachers. And, like, um, you know, and sometimes even, like, I'll tell jokes that no one else gets but me when I just go over top with the kids. Like, you know, I'll just say, you know, yeah, that, that Charles, he just, he just said, he told me right to my face. Dr. Sroka, you suck. And the teachers are like, he said that? And I was like, no, no, he didn't say that. But I could tell in his eyes, he was thinking that with his, he was thinking that. He was thinking that in his head how much I sucked. So I just like make stuff up just to try to fit in because you're supposed to complain about kids and stuff when you're a teacher, I guess. Um, and I feel like, but I'm like, I'm totally faking it because I don't feel like that. But sometimes I just do it to fit in or just to kind of make fun and have fun with it. But that's how I kind of feel about Ryan Mackcastle. He ranked as the sixth best rookie out of 521 rookies. Yep. And he's 24 years old. That, that has me excited. I feel a little bit like I'm supposed to complain about it. That he wasn't top three, that he that didn't he win the whole thing. Three, he was number one. So let me complain about it, even though I don't really mean it. I really am just excited that we have one of the top six best rookies in all of baseball. Like, that excites me. And we, I mean, it excites me that we had, you know, the rookie with the most home runs and RBI and hits. Like, that, that stuff excites me. And so I want to be upset, but any outrage I feel is just a fake outrage. I mean, what, what are we outraged? That he got six and not third? I mean, who cares? Um, I'm just happy that Ryan Mackhouse is a good baseball player and he's going to be with us for the next several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw someone, I think well, it was Matt Kremenzer, uh tweeted out, and I thought this was spot on, that somewhere Mike Elias is laughing and happy that Ryan Mountcastle didn't win Rookie of the Year. So in arbitration years, he, he he doesn't need to deal with his being the Rookie of the Year as part of arbitration. Nobody cares. Yeah, but no one cares. Mike this Lyles is just like, care. all right, I went to Sports Clips yesterday to get my hair cut. Because I figured it's Sunday, the Ravens aren't playing, I'm going to go get my hair cut. And the Jags game was on. I'll do my teaching analogy here. Let's see it. Yeah, all right. So the Jags were on. And well, this is, I was so reminded of Oriole fans because the Jags were on. And the Jags were playing really well yesterday um, where they had a chance to win at the end of the game. Yeah, they were within like six points of the Colts. And the guy next to me, I've never seen this before, the guy next to me getting his haircut was yelling at the TV because he's a Jags fan and he wanted them to lose. Uh, draft pick? Because he wants the draft pick. Yeah. That's so real. he's rooting for his team to lose. Yeah. And that that's what the Oriole when Oriole fans do that, it irritates me so much. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you wanna say you want your team to be crappy so that one day they'll be good in the future? It's it's doesn't make any sense to tear down your own team. Yeah. And that day, and and in baseball is even more ridiculous because you're rooting for a draft pick that you won't see for another four years. That'll probably not work out. That yeah, has a good chance it's not working out. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, you want the guys on your team to play well. That's yeah. more important because that's going to be part of the team that you're going to see the next two, three, four years before right. you see that rookie. Yeah, but you're right. Just be happy that Ryan Mountcastle seems to be a player that turned out. Yeah, that's I mean, every major league day player. Yeah, and the other thing that that I think is fair too is. I mean, a Rosarina, Franco, some of these other rookies, what you had around them are a lot of protection for those rookie hitters. 
Ryan Mountcastle had, you know, an average Trey Mancini hitter and and not much else. Uh, and Cedric Mullins the top lineup, but you know he wasn't protecting Ryan Mountcastle or anything. So like they had no reason um, to pitch to Ryan Mountcastle. Um, so I think when you bring up Adley Rutschman, when you when some of these you know whoever steps up, I think there's going to be another good outfielder. I don't know who it is, whether it's Newstrom or Kyle Stowers. And as our lineup gets better, I think it'll just you know be all the better for Ryan Mountcastle. And I do like I hope Ryan Mountcastle works on his blade. Play this discipline. I hope he strikes out less and walks more. Yeah, of uh, course. And he very well could because he's still a young learning hitter. Right. And like anything, you hope he can just build on this year and it not be a flash in the pan. And to transition here, the people to help him build would be the hitting coaches. Oh, yeah. Fuller. Yeah. Ryan Fuller. Who was the double A guy? So it nice. It kind of falls in line with my kind of theory of bringing the minor league guys up, minor league coaches up. Yep, and they brought a guy from Minnesota called Matt Borschultz. 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 Um, the interesting thing, Josh, about both these guys the is that agent. is that is the agent the they're. Their ages, how old they are. Okay, They're I thought the interesting. All right, I was focused more on they're bringing in two guys to replace one guy that failed. Also, I thought that was interesting. You know what's also interesting? I'm making. I think this is true. I could be making this up, but I'm no. This has to be true. They both have no major league coaching experience. Uh, you are correct because the one guy came from the Bay Sox, the other guy came from the Twins Triple A team. So you're you right. How old they are? They're both the same age. Uh, twenty-nine. No, they're both thirty-one. Oh, they're not even close. Twenty-nine, thirty-one. That's basically the same thing. I've got the same concept. These are young guys. It's yeah. a problem when the coaches are younger than us. The players, I've accepted that I'm older than all the players. Well, but now, now I'm now I'm older than the GM and I'm older than the coaches. Is it a problem when the coaches are younger than the players themselves? No, because what it is, well, what it tells me is analytics. It tells me, if not analytics, at least computer simulated. These are guys who know how to take what the computer sees and turn it into real things. And that, oh, yeah. and that, yeah. that is totally going to be, you're going with younger coaches because you want coaches that have embraced the computers. Oh, yeah. I mean, not not just embraced it. I have no doubt that this Berkshult and Fuller are on the cutting edge with this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Whatever technology is out there to give their hitters an advantage. Right. Whatever, like that swing man, whatever it is, the swing yeah. track and stuff. These are guys that know that. You're not, you're get, not getting the old guys because the old guys are going to go off the, the stuff that you've heard all the time. Keep the elbow up. Keep your, yeah. keep your swing level. They're going to go over that stuff. We're the... These guys are, are computer nerds, and they're going to analyze you that way and help you fix it based on what the computers say. Yep. They're just, yep. your, they're just your conduits to the computers. Yep, and I have no doubt they're going to tell, you know, encourage people to, you know, swing it. And I mean, the, the thing you wonder about, though, Josh, the, the, the thing you worry about, and, and, yeah, I'm sure they'll be t- telling them to, you know, to get the ball in the air, go for line drives, get in the air. And, 
I mean, if you look at our minor leagues, our on-base percentage has gone up every year with this new coaching staff. So I think they're doing something right with on-base. Right. Also, they seem to be drafting, clearly going after drafting the college hitters who are high on OPP guys. Yep. But well, what concerns and, me a little bit, Josh, is this yeah. is not – these guys seem like development guys, right? Like, they here, are. Let me help you with your swing. Let me develop it. Let, let, you know, let's go in the lab and work at your swing. I don't expect major leaguers to be tweaking their swings and working on their swings. I look at a, a hitting coach in the majors more as like, I don't know, like a mental coach, right? Like, well, I think slump, haven't we talked about and haven't we talked about it on here? And um, I think we've talked. I think we talked about it on here months ago, maybe years ago. Uh, and then Ted Lasso focused on it on that show this past season about the importance of like a, a sports psychologist on your team. Oh, yeah, and, and to, Chris Davis. I think we talked about it. Yeah, that. to get that whole mental aspect. And I think a lot of times we look at those hitting coaches as. Guys are getting in their own heads. The hitting coach, the pitching coach are trying to get them back to those fundamentals. And I think that's where baseball has changed. Uh, Fuller, I was reading about the Orioles have basically credit Fuller for revamping the hitting philosophy across the entire organization and what's important to the Orioles. So clearly having these guys at the top it's twofold. It's one to speak directly to those players, assuming it's now going to be young players, even at the major league level. And two, having these guys at the top means they speak down to the guys in the minor leagues and tell them how to do their jobs and speak to that hitting philosophy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Fuller's title was hitting coach at Bowie, also hitting coordinator for the organization. Like he was the hitting right. coordinator for the organization. Um, time will tell. Time will tell. I will say, I'm blanking his name now. Last year, we brought up the pitching coordinator for the Orioles. Chris Holt? Yeah, Chris Holt. And we yeah, that didn't Holt, work. Our pitching coach. Yeah. Who was the pitching coordinator because he's, he's the Ryan Fuller of the pitching stuff. <sighs> It, <laughs> you're, you're, you're being a downer. You're, you're bringing negativity. Well last year. No, no, no. You're bringing no, no, no. I have way more faith in Chris Fuller. Um, we Ryan need Fuller. whatever. Chris Fuller, Ryan Fuller. Ryan Who's Chris Fuller? Fuller? Ryan Fuller is Chris the hit. Ryan Fuller. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, I think it's time to reach out to Patrick Jones and see kind of learn about what this hitting philosophy, organizational philosophy is, and uh, see if we can get some in-depth learning about that this offseason. Because I would assume if he's really revamped it system-wide for the Orioles, it's going to be something that they want at the big league level that then is going all the way down. And that's why you bring him to the big league level. Because if all your minor leagues do one thing, and then when you get to the big leagues, you're saying, oh, well, these are big league players. They can do it, they can do it their own way. Then what are you preparing guys for? So I think it is important to have him at the major league level. Yeah, I'm on the other end of it. I'm a little bit skeptical. I'd rather him work in the minors to develop it. And then once you get the majors, I feel like the tweaking is less than when you're in the minors. It might be. But it's down. also... When you're at the majors, the egos are much bigger. Yep. So if you really need to deal with this, like I don't think Chris Davis would have listened to Fuller. No. And, and listen, and, and I think, the, I mean, you think about the veterans on our team, a guy like Trey Mancini, here comes a guy who's my same age. Yeah. 
um, talking, you know, uh, trying but, to tell a guy who's never done it at the professional level. I don't think, I don't know if Fulton played minor league ball. I, don't, I have no knowledge that that, that he did. Um, yeah. But certainly, Full, play Fuller played one league, one season for the Diamondbacks, right? I don't think he ever made the majors. Uh, Maybe their minor league team. I don't think he ever made the majors. And I don't think uh, this Brookshire guy ever made the majors, too. One season in the Diamondbacks organization. Right. There we go. There we go. So, so no. You're going to come in and you're going to tell me, a guy who's never been to 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 the show, a 31-year-old little kid who probably still, you know. But it's to, not. It's not that. Every day. But it's not that. That's not what he's saying. He's translating. He is translating. Here's what the computer says. Let me help you translate it to human. You that's all that's he is. The he's the, the kidders need. He's the computer conduit. Right. And is that what the major league, major league hitters need? I don't know. We see guys all the time. We see very few coaches and managers that made it in the big leagues. Because if you made it, you've got the money. You got the. You had the time in the league. You're ready for a break. It's but very rare. a lot of them rare. have big league experience, Josh. A lot of them do have big league experience. Okay. But they didn't make it in the big league. Who cares if you fall out in the minors because of some injuries or you play one season in the majors? <laughs> It's not all about just making it to the show. Right. But it's another thing, Josh, that if you don't make it to the show, but you kind of grind your way and earn people's respect as you go, you see very few 31-year-olds as coaches in the major leagues. You do. You see very few of them. Yes. Yes. I agree. All right. I mean, I, I listen, I, I hope it works out. Um, I have no doubt that both Chris Holt and Ryan Fuller are super knowledgeable, and I'm happy they're, they're in an organization. I do wonder, though, in those positions, you have a young manager in Manager Hyde or, or a guy who does not have a ton of experience um, as now, a manager. I would think you would want to surround him with kind of smart veteran guys who have a lot of experience. That doesn't seem to matter. I, it doesn't seem to matter to anybody. I mean, I'm a throwback. I like Buck Showalter. I mean, I like guys who have experience. I like Dusty Baker. I like guys who kind of been in the trenches for a while. Michael Elias seems none of that is of, of, of very much value. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out. Yeah, now Fuller came from a hit-in training facility, so he wasn't looking to get in the majors when he was hired or getting to pro ball. He was working at a company called Power in Training as an instructor and working with guys during the offseason. Yeah, I think Patrick Jones is a similar situation. Yeah. So it's it's part of it is also the Orioles looking kind of outside pro ball yeah. for these guys who are considered experts in their field. And the yeah, it's an aspect of things. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, specifically. And it, yeah, it's weird to bring in a 31-year-old into the organization. But I mean, I manage 4950 people at my company. Many of them are older than me. Right. It, it's not always about age. And it's, I agree. And it's like, yeah, maybe this kid didn't make it in the majors, but he's able to focus on the computers and understand the translation of all that where he doesn't have the power, but he can make contact type thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, and there's an argument to be made that, I mean, I feel as a high school teacher every year, I have a hard and harder time relating to my knucklehead students. Um, and so maybe there is an advantage of being closer of age to a lot of your players that you can kind of relate to them more. And I think you can have conversations that are less um, involve less conflict, perhaps, because you yeah. can relate to them a little bit better. You're both yeah. out there watching Mar- Mar- Marvel movies. You can talk Ted Lasso together. I don't know. Yeah, I'll tell you, I saw the latest, latest Marvel movie and I almost fell asleep 
50 times during the movie. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, really? Yeah, don't see that. Um, I, I'm not, I wasn't Fuller, when Fuller was first hired by the Orioles, it, there was a lot of talk with him about the whole coming from the private sector, and he shared that he likes the private sector because he gets to experiment more and try different weird things out to see if it works with players. Yeah. And he said, and, no, and that was one of the things why he came to the Orioles is because they promised him he could still have those freedoms. He could still get weird. To get weird and try things out. So I want to know kind of like, did he experiment with anything that really clicked and worked in Bowie that the Orioles then think he can bring to the big leagues? Yeah. Well, the other good thing, the other kind of advantage he has is, I mean, I think – I'm just trying to think on top of my head. I think Trey Mancini is the oldest hitter on the team. Yes. He's the only one in his 30s. Everyone else is in their 20s. So, right. And, um, and a lot of the roster, the coming years, yeah. is going to be from Bowie, right? Like, yeah. Sure. Who he coached in Bowie this passion the year before is going to be, be, you know, a lot of players on that Orioles team this year and next year. So he's going to – see a lot of his former players that he helped to get sure. where they are. And there's advantages of being young. He can definitely bond and be friends with those guys. Yeah. And then earn the trust that way. Hopefully he thinks Versus... he has more time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if being single means bonding more or less with the guys. Oh, but... if, I, if I run a company, if, if I were on a baseball team, I would only hire single <laughs> managers. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think that might be more distracting. Why do you want him single? So he can go out in the clubs with the guys? No, no, no. Because he, so he's all about baseball. I don't want him to have to go home to his wife, you know, anniversary. But see, I don't know. That might be more grounded. That might have the guy more grounded and focused on his career versus a single guy who's more focused on going out with the 21-year-olds to the club. No, I, no, I don't want that either. I want a guy who eats, sleeps the game. I'm just saying as a, yeah. as a, as a, as a husband and a guy who has two kids. I don't have enough free time. I want to be able to dedicate all of my time to the Orioles. Well, yeah, I don't think that matters if you're married or you're single or whatever. You you, you don't think you have more free time if you're single? I think I have. Uh, you, you, you don't think people work more I mean, hours I'm, if you're single? I don't know. No, I think – I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Do. I, think, I think if you're single, maybe you – Aren't as focused as much and go out and, work and party more. No, I think there's pluses and, not, and minuses of both jobs. No, if you're single and you and you're dedicated to your job, you work more hours. If you're dedicated to your job, but I yeah. think there's a lot of people who are not dedicated. Do you think Ryan Fuller is not dedicated to to his job with the Orioles? I'm sure he is, but I don't know if it's because he's single. I think there's plenty of married people who are super dedicated to their job because that's what pays for their kids to have the life that they have. I'm saying Ryan Fuller is dedicated, right? Point blank, he's dedicated. Is he single? I don't even know. If he's married and dedicated with 10 kids versus if he's single and dedicated, it's going to be a different amount of hours spent in the office. Sure. I guess. I have no doubt he's dedicated. Um, I'm just saying if he's dedicated without a spouse or kids, he can dedicate more of his free time to thinking about working with and focusing on baseball. But I think he's married. Well, that that's a downgrade. Now, maybe Mike Elias can, right. can approach him, ask him if he's willing for a temporary separation with his wife 
while he focuses on this magic squad. Because I want I want Ryan Fuller his full attention on being a consistent Austin Hayes and teaching Jemai Jones how to not suck offensively and working with Adley Rutschman to turn him into a Hall of Famer. I need Ryan Fuller to be there. Okay. All right, I need not I need buying presents for the six month anniversary with his wife. All right, I figured out why you like Ryan Fuller. I think we need Ryan Fuller on this show. Okay. I'm going to have to reach out. Reach out. Ryan Fuller uh, graduated college. Yes. Ryan Fuller has a master's degree. Okay. Do you know what his master's degree is in? Uh, I do. I have no idea what his master's degree is in. What um, do you think a hidden coach's sci- uh, master degree would be in? Kinesiology or something with the sciences with uh, um, baseball sciences. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the majors are related to that. Physical sciences. I don't know. According to his Twitter bio, he has a master's in education. Mm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of coaches, that makes sense. A lot of coaches are educators, like teachers, and then also coach on the side, right? That's a lot of people get into coaching. Right. Teaching. Right. I don't know if he has any teaching experience. Say his teaching experience. I don't know. I just went to his Twitter bio. I didn't, I didn't look up his resume. Not exactly. I mean, I just did a quick Google to see if he was married, and I found a picture of him with a girl, and and he's wearing a wedding ring, so I assumed it was his wife. Well. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, I'm using Google as best I can. That's, that's, that's fine. And I'm saying all this happened, Jess, but I'm also saying this. Um... And I guess the kids matter. The kids, are, I guess, are more of a factor than the marriage, maybe. I don't know. All right. But. All right. Hold on. I, I got Ryan Fuller's uh, bio. Okay. Right. Hitting coach for the Baltimore Orioles, Ryan Fuller, his bio. Go ahead. All right. He went to the University of Connecticut, graduated in 2012 with a degree in English. Oh, I like this. After graduation, he signed with the Diamondbacks as an undrafted free agent, spent 2012 with the Diamondbacks, hit 252. Uh, played on the hot corner. He, later, he earned his master's degree in education from the University of New Haven. He put his degree to work as a high school teacher, English teacher, from 2015 to 2019. Oh. So, we have a lot of <laughs> you and Ryan Fuller should be friends. We can talk great Gatsby. Yeah. Maybe you and his wife can be, maybe your wife and his wife can be friends. Is and you can destroy. Then we really could hit it off. Uh, I don't know. They don't show that in baseball reference. Okay. Yeah. Can can we um, have Ryan Fuller here? Can he be part of our book club we're starting? We could invite him to be a part of our book club. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do you do. think? I wonder if the book club is where Ryan Fuller's idea for the players. You know, the players are doing book clubs. I wonder if that was Ryan Fuller's idea. But no, I that's cool. Know. I appreciate. You know, I mean, and it makes sense, right? Um, English teacher, uh, communicator. <laughs> The part that doesn't make sense. Uh, a doctor, doctor of English. Um, you're like just to try and describe yourself and be like, yeah, that makes sense. He would be the hitting coach. But yeah, it does. I mean, I'm not saying you could hire me today to be the hitting coach, but but maybe you could. But I also felt like that's the analytic stuff. I feel like gets into a lot of the math stuff. Which traditionally, the English people didn't mix well with the math people, um, and I would actually expect him more. I would I would have been I'm more surprised with the English degree. I'd be more expecting. Um, that he was a math teacher, to be honest, or a physics teacher, um, as opposed to an, an English teacher. But, but yeah, but I could see it. I mean, I could. I mean, if Ryan Fuller could do it, hmm, I could do it. I, I, I don't baseball younger. I, got I don't see any difference. I should have been coaching baseball. Son of a gun, missed opportunity. 
Exactly. Coach Norris right now. Son of a gun. All right. Um, I want to make a couple of notes of free agents. Josh, what, 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 what are you looking up now? Are you still in? Are you still stalking Ryan Fuller? Yeah, I'm stalking Ryan Fuller because I, he's an English. He's an English teacher. I really think we need to get him on the show. A high school English teacher turned baseball coach. Yeah, yeah. I feel, like, I feel like there there's a story there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I was trying to stalk some Ryan Fuller. I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll reach out. I'll, I'll find. I'll get him on. Yeah. All right. I, you can get him on. Fair, fair warning. Half my questions, if not all my questions, will be English teacher related, not hitting coach related. But I like the idea of the one. book club. I like the idea of getting him to lead the book club. <laughs> yeah, have him lead the book club, or we can have him get some recommendations for our book club. Okay, books to read. All right. Um, if we ever do our ball four again, I've been reading some books I could recommend too. No, they're not. We can bring ball four back today. Um, I want to make a couple of notes about free agency. Okay. I had a slow start. Oh, really? I mean, I guess so. I mean, it's. I was surprised. There was a big signing today. The first signing of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, this is number ten on Fangraphs. Uh, the tenth, tenth best player was was signed. This is the second player, in the top fifty that that was signed, um, and that's Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, former Oriole, who we traded yeah. Andrew Miller. Um, signed with Detroit, five years, $77 million. That's a really good deal. Out after two years. That's a good deal. I'd give him that. <laughs> yeah. Five, five years, 72 with an opt-out. Yeah. Yeah, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, good job, Tigers. Um, value of the deal is, I think, like $15.4 million, which seems reasonable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like... Um, you know, we're, we're all over the show with metaphors. The metaphor I will employ here is um, if you go down the, ce- the cereal aisle, Josh, what's your favorite cereal going down the cereal aisle? Can we compare mm. free agents to cereal? All right. I, I get life, cinnamon life. Really? Yeah. Is that like an old man choice? That's like your best. I mean, life cereal I would yeah. put down as one of the worst cereals of all time. No, I really like cinnamon, cinnamon life. There. That might be a little bit better. I really like cinnamon life cereal. I mean, occasionally I like some fruity pebbles, something like that. Is that what you want me to pick? Like the childish ones? Yeah, but I if I'm really eating, fruity pebbles would be better. Like I would right. put fruity pebbles compared to free agents. I would put like Eduardo Rodriguez at like a fruity pebbles. No. You want no. fruity pebbles? No. Well, see, you got well, you got to see your ranking. I would put him more like a Fruit Loops type guy. Mm. Like he's good, serviceable. He's I, not the he's not the star, but no one's gonna say no to him. Okay, I would very similar. I wrote down my cereal for Ed Rodriguez. Okay, very similar. Similar, Frosted Flakes. Right. The, the uh, same idea. Yeah. Same idea. It's like yeah. It's not. I'm gonna choose it over a whole hundred other cereals. It's not yeah. the top of the line. But but if I'm at home and there's Frosted Flakes or some weird cereal, I'm okay with eating Frosted Flakes. I'll take. Yeah. I'll, yeah. You don't complain about Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Um, I put Carlos Correa is our top free agent for me on the board. Okay. So what's your top cereal? Oh, there's Josh. There's one top cereal, and then there's everything else in my book. Okay. <laughs> what's your top cereal? Since you shot down mine. Chocolate Lucky. Lucky Charms. That's the greatest cereal ever invented. Chocolate Lucky Charms. Chocolate Lucky Charms. I see. I was going to guess Lucky Charms, but I've never had Chocolate Lucky Charms. I remember, Josh. The 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 date was June, twenty seventeen. 
I was sitting at home. No, this is before 2017. This is this is like 2013. Uh, I like that you were had a big. Uh, I prefer the idea that you had a big serial revelation four years ago. I'm watching. No, it's 2013. Okay. I'm watching the Conan O'Brien show. When was okay. Conan O'Brien in his heyday? This is before then. This is like 2008, probably. Uh, like NBC Conan O'Brien, before uh, he got lost on TBS. Yeah, before he got lost on TBS. All right. Um. And he he said, I remember it was on his show. He said, you know what? He said people send me products all the time. I get products. Sure. Conan O'Brien said I get products every single week, all the time, and never one time did I endorse or talk about anyone's pro- product that they sent to me. He said until today. Someone dropped at my door, chocolate lucky charms, and then he brought it on the show and had to talk about how amazing it was. And then I saw that, I felt inspired, and I went to 10 grocery stores until I found it at a Publix, chocolate lucky charms. Josh, they probably have it down there at Publix. Of course you found it at a Publix. Publix is the greatest grocery store ever. They, they didn't um, have it at Safeway. I don't know if the Safeway has it now, but, but, but chocolate lucky charms. And isn't chocolate lucky charms, had. isn't that just Count Chocula? No, Josh, it's not just Count Chocula. It's chocolate and marshmallows. It's the same exact cereal. No, Have you ever had Count Chocula? It's Tucky Charms, but it's chocolate. No, I, I Count Chocula is fine. I know what you're doing with it. It's not the same. It's the same. Um, anyway, all right. So, all right, fine. Fine. My Carlos Correa is Cinnamon Life. Okay. But see, what Michael Elias is looking for, like, this, this is my philosophy, too. He's looking for the middle. He, he's looking for the Frosted Flakes. No, he's not. No, he's looking for the, no, you're right. He's not looking for the old reliables. He's looking for the Cheerios, the cornflakes, the stuff that like no. is always there. I'm going with even below that, Josh. <laughs> okay, you going even lower? Here's what I'm saying, Josh. He's plain for to plain Cheerios. No, even worse. the ones you give little kids and no one really likes. Yeah, not not the honey nut, just the right. Exactly, not the honey nuts, just the plain ones. Yeah, I'll go a step further. Shredded wheat. That's what he's looking for. Shredded wheat, not right. not frosted shredded wheat, just the shredded. Wheat. All right, I'll so go, you feed all your right. grandmother. No, the, no. I'll go with the. Let's give them the mini shredded wheats, because the shredded wheats nobody wants. The mini shredded wheats every now and then hits the right. Yeah, but Josh, I don't think he wants. I, I, really? I, I think this is what also he's looking for. Like this is what I do in the grocery store. If something costs five dollars, <laughs> no, that's I'm your analogy. Buying. He's not buying the Lucky Charms, he's or the the Fruit Loops. He's buying the the uh, he's buying like the the Fruit Circles, right? Yeah, you know the store saying. brand. He's buying the store brand cereals. Yeah, yeah that, that's where I'm going with this. So like, if something costs five dollars, yeah, at the grocery store, I'm not buying it. However, if there's a sign on a product that says that same product that was five dollars, you can get buy one get one free, but it costs ten dollars. <laughs> buy one get one free. And I buy yeah. it. I buy it anyway. Yeah, I know. That's, I like the idea of getting one free. That's that's Bogo. That's the Publix motto. You love Publix. It's always Bogo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I like. I'll bring home and, like and three bags of salad. The I don't, so then right. two is the same price as you would have bought yeah. buying one. But yeah. I'm a sucker for it, and I go for it every time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll bring home three bags of salad. I can only eat one in a week, but it was Bogo. It's the principle of the thing. Yeah, if you're going to yeah. get a free one, I'm going to buy that product. Exactly. Like that's kind of what Michael Elias is looking for. He's more concerned about when he's looking at shredded wheat. He's only going to buy it if it's on sale or if it gets a good deal. The, the ne- problem with, with it is when you go to the store in free agency baseball, there's, if we're calling, um, you know, I forget, Rodriguez, if he is the the um, Fruit Loops, there's 10 people wanting to buy the Fruit Loops. 
And so you're not getting no deal on the Fruit Loops, Mike. Right. But but I, I like your analogy of, of the off-brand. I like the <laughs> off-brand analogy because what he's doing is the great pitcher is the Honey Nut Cheerios. But he's going to buy the, the Honey and Oats bag that, that – that looks exactly like Honey Nut Cheerios. Go stick it in a big league uniform and be like, no, no one will know the difference. Yeah. And that's how you get Matt Harvey. And that's how you get Matt Harvey. Exactly. Or, or, well, Matt Harvey would be more like you go and you buy the expired cereal that's on the end cap with the Clarence sticker on it. Oh, yeah. I always that, go for that, too. Yeah, that's the Matt Harvey. That's the Matt Harvey shelf. Yeah, Let's get something to, that expired. All the way back, everything in this aisle right. the bathrooms are that no one ever goes back. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah the little baskets. It's, it's, it's well past the sell-by date. Yeah. But... You might still be able to use it. But it's still, yeah, it still could taste good. And yeah. and even if it doesn't t- t- taste good, you're wasted, what, a dollar? Like, exactly. Yeah, it's worth the risk. I don't I don't worth the risk. Oh, I do all the time. Oh, I throw so much food away if it gets past the sell-by date. Oh, really? I'm like the New York Yankees going through my pantry. Oh, oh no. See, I'll, I'll eat it. I'll eat it even if it's past the due date. I just I in that case, milk. I got a couple I gallons of milk here for you. Well, not not milk. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we don't do milk at our house. Uh, yeah, me did I say milk funny? My students today were making fun of me for the way I right. say milk. But yes, I'm told I say milk and weird as well. Okay, good. I'm not just I'm glad no, I'm I, you're saying milk. Weird. No, come on down here. I get told every day I say something funny. Yeah, well, my students here were we were going at it today. Um, but anyway, I was I put creamer in my coffee mm-hmm. uh, this morning, the date Standard. of November fifth. Ten days, it's fine. <laughs> not for creamer. I, I not for creamer. Uh-huh. What did you did you scoop out the lumps? No, there was no chunk. That's where <laughs> as where I can tell. Okay. All right. All right. That's that's pushing it a little bit. That's ten days. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, sure, a, I'm sure Michael Elias is similar minded. See, I'm there. I'm the opposite. I get sketchy if it's like the day before. Yeah. So. But the but the thing, Josh, about that Rodriguez signing, it made me happy for a couple of reasons. First of all, yes, I wish the Orioles, like, this seems like a, a deal that the Orioles could have and should have. Yes. Whatever. But it makes me a little bit happy that he left the Red Sox, which is always good. Right. He didn't sign with a big market team. He didn't go to the Yankees, to the Dodgers. He went to the Tigers. So he yeah. got out of the AL East. But they're an up-and-coming team. Yeah. But that's, that's what the Orioles should be doing. Yeah, they're rather, on the same. They're, I'd rather these big free agents sign with up-and-coming teams than well, sign in the AL East. Yeah, and I feel a lot like the Tigers are about a year ahead of the Orioles. Same kind of plan path, and they're about a year ahead. They brought up their their star rookies this year. We're going to bring them up next year. I feel like they're about a year ahead of us. Yeah. So um, Buster maybe. only got a lot of heat from Orioles fans today. Cause, or maybe it was yesterday, I don't know. He tweeted an article um, about the Pirates' rebuild and about kind of how cool the Pirates' rebuild and how well it's going. And Oriole fans were up in arms because they said, like, wait, Buster, you've been hating on the Orioles' rebuild. Why are you embracing the Pittsburgh the Pirates? Uh, yeah, Oriole fans are so sensitive to Buster. They are. Um, and it makes me laugh for two reasons. One, because I wish Oriole fans were more critical of the rebuild. Like, why do we have to defend sucking? I don't know why right. Oriole fans trust the process. Such a why, why do we need to defend over 100 losses three straight years? Like, why is it my job to defend that? I'm not going to defend that on Twitter. Correct. Um, but also, like, I get the frustration because Buster only doesn't get it. 
he's like other because people responded to him and he's like well um other teams like the athletics you know and the twins are able to and the rays of course are able to compete most years even even you know given being a small market team but, but they're course, not in the AL East. Yeah, and, and what Michael Elias is doing, though, is trying to build a raise an athletics-type organization where you don't need to rebuild every three or four or five years, right? What he, the thing he's trying to build is something that's like the athletics or raise where he can, they can be continuously good every single year. So, like, the thing you're complaining about it is the actual thing that Michael Elias is trying to do, and that's pretty frustrating. But again, yeah. I'm not going to get on Twitter and defend the Orioles for losing all these games. No, I agree. I agree with you. I, I googled, I googled to see what the latest was. I googled Buster only Orioles. Yeah. And the first thing that came up was Matthew Soroka. Oh, why? Because someone on Reddit nine months ago took a tweet of you posting about Buster only. From February 19th, 2021, where you said Buster Olney, quote, says, I don't know where you, we've gotten to the point in a sport where you could basically check out five, six, seven years and not be relevant and have it okay, unquote. So you posted this on Reddit. Oh, oh you posted this on Twitter. Someone took your, your Twitter thing, posted it to Reddit, and there are 488 upvotes and 245 comments on Reddit about your quote. Is that legal? I, my... I don't know. Somehow. Uh, you know, that's my property. Somehow somehow you got no traction on Twitter. You got, here's, on Twitter, you got 18 likes and 15 comments. Yeah. So a tiny bit of traction, but the thing blew up on Twitter, on Reddit, nine months ago. Yeah, I didn't post it on Reddit. <laughs> no, you didn't post it on Reddit. I can't see who posted it. I'm trying to see. Tiger Basket posted it. Hmm. But that, that's the other reason that I don't hate Buster too much is because whenever I need some good Twitter interaction, yeah, you go there. I just quote Buster because I listen to his podcast, and he always talks about the Orioles, talks trash about them. Yeah. So I just put a, a quote, quote of Buster, trash in the Orioles, and I get a, twen- a ton of Twitter uh, traction. So, that, that, so that's another reason I don't hate on Buster too, too much because he keeps me relevant on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Let's bring ball four back next week. All right. Yeah, we actually mm, we do anything yeah. special for Thanksgiving. Do we ever do a? We normally do a Thanksgiving episode, don't we? We do to say what we're thankful for we're, in terms of sports. Now, do we want to do that next week or do we want to do it after Thanksgiving? Um, I don't care. I mean, I guess I, I don't know. I don't know. You got a busy Thanksgiving week? No. Okay. All right. I, mean, I, I got people staying at our house, so like the room I'm recording in. Would be occupied all next week. That's fine. We'll go record over mom and dad's. Yeah, so as long as I'll be up there. Record. Yeah. Um, I have off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from school. All right. I got to talk to Bert about some. We talked about doing some special recordings, putting some in the can that week. I'll talk to Bert about that. Um, All right. I guess let's do our thing. We'll do our Thanksgiving episode on next week, Monday. Monday or Tuesday. The other news that's going to happen, Josh, prior to Monday is on November 20th. The Orioles need to protect their Rule 5 guys. So we really yep. get into it, but the D.L. Halls, the Kyle Bradishes, the Kevin Smiths, the uh, Vespies been making some rounds recently. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he had like one great in-in. 
Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if the Royals would protect Vespi, but um, I think people would be upset now if they don't. Right, they're based on one in, in, in the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I think to next week we'll talk about who the Orioles protected <laughs> and who the Orioles did protect, which would be interesting. Got to get some turkey gobbles ready for next week's episode. Oh, yeah, we'll have some gobble gobble. That's a different turkey gobble gobble. Yeah. Because it's a real turkey versus I have like that cartoon turkey I normally use. Okay. I'm glad you got turkey, but I know there's been rumors of turkey shortages, so I'm glad that we still have our turkey. Our turkey butt. There's definitely turkey shortages down here. They have signs all over the grocery store. One turkey per person. Oh, really? Yeah. So no turkey hoarding this year. Okay. Well, I know some people over in the Eastern Shore who grow turkeys, so I can just... They grow, they grow turkeys well, yeah, straight down the ground. They just come on up. Yeah. Well, they raise and they grow. All right. So next week's our Thanksgiving episode. After that, hopefully some special episodes as we continue to get through the off season. That's right. And maybe some Orioles news to talk about at some point. We'll see. We shall see. Yeah. Can't wait. Well, make sure you guys check us out on, uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Reddit. iTunes. Steal steal Matt's stuff and put it on Reddit. Yeah, you can steal my tweets on Reddit. I really don't care. Um, I'm going to go check that out. On, on, I might, <laughs> am, I, am I too late to comment on it? I'm going to start co- co- commenting on that Reddit. Right, it's nine months ago. I don't see why you can't go in and comment now. Yeah, I might, I might make some comments about it. Um, but yeah, check me out on Twitter for all my Buster Only hot takes or Buster Only quotes. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can also follow Josh on Twitter at Section336. No, that's not my Twitter. At Josh Roca is well, my Twitter. Why, why did I give you your Twitter? Thanks for listening, boys and girls. I was trying to check the reviews the to reviews make sure we didn't get uh, iTunes. iTunes. <laughs> no new reviews? Uh, the last review is trashing the guy who won't give me the PS5. Oh, yeah. All right. No, no new update there, except that he just tried to call me a minute ago, and I hit decline. Oh, maybe some news so, for next week. Yeah, I guess I should have answered it on the on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's a little speakerphone action. So. It's, no, but go ahead and write us a new iTunes review. So that's not our latest one. Um, yeah, and thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's and go Ravens. Now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Looks like your luggage is over 50 pounds. Is there anything you can take out? Oh, yeah. Let me just toss all these $20 bills. Great. Let me grab you a trash can. Stop. Instead of throwing money away, move some clothes into a carry-on. 
And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.